In this episode, we're going to figure out what the fraud is up with fraudsters. And we're going to see five scams in five minutes. Let's go! So, in today's episode, I'm going to walk through five scams or five fraud types. Five things I've seen in my days as a fraud fighter. And I think you're going to really love number five. So make sure you stick around till the end to see it. Before we start, there's one thing that I want to make sure everyone who watches this understands. When we talk about fraudsters, when we talk about online fraudsters, we're not talking about some guy, girl, person with a hoodie sitting in their parents' basement, stealing credit cards and trying to get free meals or free hotel nights or free games or whatever. But actual fraudsters are more like the mafia. Oh. You ever watch Sopranos? Kind of the same. It's organized crime, people who are trying to earn money. So when we're starting to think about fraud stories, that's where we're starting. The number one goal of every fraudster is to make money. Let's go with number one. The booze buy online, pick up in store. What the fraudster are after here are high-end liquor bottles. Whiskey, wine, tequila, you name it. If you can sell it for a lot of money, fraudsters would want it because they can then resell it for maybe cheaper, but since they use the stolen credit card to get it, they're just you know, pure profit to them. So what the fraudster will do here, they would target a few local stores, potentially that works with the same online app or online vendor. They would submit a pickup purchase and in 10 minutes drive through all those locations and collect the bottles. The fraudsters are banking on two key things. A, inventory management in store is not so closely connected to the online inventory management. So it's going to take some time to the app operator to figure out that someone is buying the same bottles again and again and again. Another thing that they're counting on is that no one is going to verify their identity when they go and pick up the order. I am McLovin. Usually when you pick up an order, it's ready for you, you show up, you say your name, you grab it, and then you go. By the time the owner operator and the app operator have figured out someone might have used a stolen credit card and picked up five, six, ten high-end liquor bottle, the fraudster is already well on their way with the inventory to sell. On to number two, the gift card social engineering scam. As you know, gift cards are digital gold. If you get your hand on a gift card, you can do everything you want with it. This is because they're usually unnamed. You cannot refund them. You cannot defund them. And there's very little fraud prevention going on at the point where you're actually using the gift card. So a fraudster that has a bunch of gift cards can resell them very easily for as much as they want because they got it with a stolen credit card and they just make money. So fraudsters go out of their way to get gift cards. One of the ways in which they're doing that is social engineering. They will target specific groups of people who are potentially not as technical savvy as the ordinary Joe. And they would call a person, somehow stage a false emergency and get that person into so much stress that they would just listen to everything they've been asked to do. And some of the ways in which they do that, they would make someone believe that the fraud has occurred on their account. And in order to fix it, they need to maybe make a purchase, send a code to someone, send a 
digital gift card to someone. I know it sounds weird. And of course, we'll never fall for that. And I'm guessing you'll never fall for that. But the fraudsters are good at what they're doing. And again, they'll go a long way to achieve those gift cards. Not to mention the advancement that generative AI technology uh, has made in the past year, which makes it extremely easy for fraudsters to come up with a very good ready-made script. Potentially, they can alternate their voice. And very soon, they're going to even able to call someone in a video call, pretending to be someone else that they know, and that would make this world even, you know, kind of more crazy when you think about it. You don't need to see his identification. We don't need to see his identification. Number three is another great way that fraudsters, I've seen fraudsters perform fraud. What they do is they would target a specific flow and abuse or take advantage of a certain weakness that's in that flow. So a lot of businesses offer what we call continuous checkout, which means that you purchase an item or a few items, and then you're being offered to add more items to the cart. It can happen in grocery shopping capacity, but sometimes also with apparel, right? You buy a shirt and some pants, and then you've been offered if you want to add some accessories. And in most cases, there will be no additional fraud check on that same card because it's a continuous checkout. So fraudsters know that you're going to run fraud check once. So they would buy a highly unsuspicious cheap item to begin with and then add on more to the card. That's going fast. All righty. We're at number four. And I call that the ATO phishing method. Now, thinking fraud, thinking phishing, you're probably thinking about phishing with a PH, right? I got an email from someone trying to fish for some information. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm actually talking about phishing with an F. We've all heard of account takeovers before, where hackers would log into someone else's account, try to get their hands on fresh data of the user, maybe addresses that they have on their account. But what we've encountered is a new type of ATO, a new type of account takeover where the fraudsters are simply casting a wide net. They would log into as many accounts as possible and do one thing, change the shipping address that's saved on the account, hoping that an actual legitimate user would make a purchase without noticing that the shipping address has changed. Now, if you're doing it to enough account, and you're targeting specific sites where there are kind of limited sales drop shipping. So you know the users are going to be quickly purchasing something, not specifically noticing which address it's going to ship to. The fraudsters are ending up sitting, chilling at home, and stolen items are being shipped to them. Number five, the fake travel agent. How this is works is a really genius work and i'm saying it's my favorite that does not mean that i like it that does not mean that i approve it and by all means this is not a recommendation for anyone to do that but what fraudsters would do they would set up a facebook group selling cheap flights or advertising cheap flights let's take for example a very sought after house from new york to san francisco it usually goes for 600 to 800 dollars they would advertise a ticket for 200 dollars an innocent buyer would see that and would want to buy it because it's a great price. They would wire $200 to the fraudsters. The fraudsters would take someone else's stolen credit card and purchase a full price ticket with the innocent buyer's names and details on the ticket. Now, why this is so ingenious? A, the fraudster is collecting the $200, but they never actually paid the full price, so they don't care. So they're making money. B, 
the buyer gets to fly. No one's going to cancel the flight. It's their name on the flight. They don't even know that someone used a stolen credit card to do that. And it's almost impossible to track it. Fraudster sits home, connecting the dots between people. And third, which is probably the most genius aspect of it, the fraudster now has an additional data of the innocent buyer that they can then go and either sell to social engineering fraudsters so they can call this person and somehow manipulate them into thinking that they know too much of them or simply use that person payment method to purchase someone else's stolen flight next week and that's why i'm really appreciative of that fraud type just because it's so simple and just because they can make so much money off of it of course with the right set of fraud prevention technologies you can stop all of these fraud so these were five types of fraud that I've seen in my days, and I think they're really cool. And if there's anything else that comes to mind, you're more than welcome to reach out to me here in the comment section on my LinkedIn. I'm here for you, for me, for Sunny. Sunny, let's go. Ah!